Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. You have heard me say from time to time, and more than likely you may hear it again today. You've heard me say the expression, you may be seated, catch your second wind. How many have heard me say that? It's, it's a cliche, I use it often. What I'm really meaning to tell you or want you to do is, To catch your second wind is to renew strength after exerting yourself at something. Sometimes you just got to take a time out and sometimes you got to sit down and you've got to rest and you say, you know what? It's time for me to catch my second wind. However, you may not be quite accustomed to what I'm going to discuss or share with you today. And that is to catch your second wind. W-H-E-N. For Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But, somebody say when. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I want to help you today. I want to help somebody. That's my goal. Today is about everyone in this room, me included. If I can help us break the limitations off of our life today, something is going to happen, and you're going to catch your second win. W-H-E-N. Would you lift your hands all over this house? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, and I ask for your help. God, I'm going to convey with the help of you what you have put into me, and we're going to see change at the end of this service. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. There are two spiritual seasons that occur in all of our lives. And they're called winds. The first wind is when you are born again of the water and spirit. When you repent, baptized in Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you enter a childhood stage that is just the birth certificate that's when you are born into the kingdom of God as you grow like a child you grow in your relationship with God by reading and studying the word of God you develop a prayer life can I get a witness right now you talk to God in prayer he talks to you through his word you talk to him Through prayer, you learn from teachers of his word. You learn how to walk. You learn how to live by faith. You learn the do's and don'ts of this new found wind. Today, Elder Jones 
Elder, I hope when I get 81 that I can deliver the mail as well as you did today because you did phenomenal. Would you give Brother Jones a hand? When you are born again of the water and spirit, you learn how to walk. You learn how to live by faith. And that comes through the reading and studying of the word. And then through the teaching or admonition from teachers and pastors that, that instruct you and guide you. You learn about real love. You learn about real peace. You learn about real purity. You learn about holiness and righteousness and godliness. You begin to learn, everybody say, his ways. And at some point, it, it, I won't use the word magical in the evil sense, but there is some point that you hit your second wind. It, it, it's a place that you turn and your mind begins to embrace the, the, the new character, the new person that you have become by Jesus Christ. And you enter into that adulthood or you should enter into that adulthood. And as a mature, spirit-filled believer, you begin to witness the love of God and what he's done for you. And you begin to lead others to the foot of the cross and lead them to a place of salvation. But hear me, the problem is many people never get past childhood because they can't get over their past. This is how Satan limits our very lives in the present state we're in. We are not supposed to get stuck in the childish, carnal things or ways. We were meant to grow as seed in the ground and to produce and reproduce after our kind the likeness of God in us. Okay? We are supposed to reproduce Christ. We're supposed to witness what Christ has done for us. Now, what he's done for me, I don't want, and, and we learned this in our leadership class this morning, and our ministers, and oftentimes, uh, we want people to be just like us, yeah. Yeah. and we miss the mark. Our goal as individuals, our goal as followers of Christ is not to be like us. But if I can be a reflection of Christ and I can promote him, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You're not trying to be like me. You're not trying to be like somebody else. But what I'm trying to get us to is to emulate the character of Christ. We are to be like him. Somebody say amen. We are supposed to change. I'm going to help us today. Year to year in our relationship with God. If I'm still struggling with the same things that I struggled with the day I got into this relationship with Christ. He's still working on me. 
He's wanting us to grow in grace, grow in our relation. We are supposed to change year to year in our relationship with him, in our love walk with him, in our worship, in our prayer time. We shouldn't get 30 years down the road and I'm praying less than I did when I got in this thing. I shouldn't be less zealous about what he did for me and my testimony 30 years down the road than when it first happened to me. I ought to get up every morning and say, I thank God for what he did 30 years ago. When I come into the house of God and I worship him, devil, you're not going to put a limit on my faith. You're not going to limit me and cause me to be held captive. I refuse to be held captive and have limitations over my life. This is something you might want to write down. This is simple. It's so revelatory. It's so simple. Growing people are changing people. If you're, not, if you're not changing, you're not growing. But if you're changing, you're growing. I'm encouraging you today. We should be pursuing the things of God. We should be growing and maturing. And let me just digress to say this. We're, none of us are on the same page. You may mature faster than someone else. It's kind of like children. There's some that walk at nine months and some that walk at 13 months. That don't make them any less important or any more important. They're still a child. They're still growing. They're still maturing. So if you look across this room, my God, they've been in the church for three years. Keep your nose on your face. And you worry about your own growth. You don't know the struggles that some people go through. You don't know the walk and, and all the baggage they're having to sort through and take limitations off. You know what? I woke up this morning. I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad you're in the house. And if there's an opportunity for growth, you're at the right place. I'm changing, therefore I'm growing. I give props to people. You know, I, I rejoice in little things. Well, I went one week. No, no, let, let's back up. I went one day without a cigarette. That's progress to me. Man, I went a whole week and I didn't have a drink. I went all week and I was faithful to my husband or my wife. See, that's foreign to some of y'all. Because you've forgotten what it was like when you were. I went all week and didn't tell a lie. I went all week and a jealous spirit didn't get on me and I coveted something that somebody else had. You see, when you're in this, hell would love to put limits on you and belittle you because you're not where everybody else is and you're, you're, you've not got everything in order like everybody else seems to got. But you don't know the private battles they're going through. You don't know the, well, we look good today. We got our suits and ties. We got our dresses. We got it all worked out. But you don't know the secret battles people are going through in there. You don't know the demons they fought to get out of the bed this morning. You don't know what they took to go to sleep or what they took to wake up. And hell is trying to limit all of us. Hell is trying to limit us. But the Lord gave me the simple yet profound thought through Paul's words. When you catch your second wind, it requires sanctification. You can't do this by yourself. 
You've got to become like Christ. When you become sanctified, he put his spirit in you. Then it gives you the power to become. I become like him. Be careful becoming like somebody else. They may give you a false representation of what he's really all about. Oh, come on, somebody. We are called and challenged to become like Christ. The action of making or declaring something holy. When you become sanctified, you, Brother Jones, you preached all of my message today. The action of making and declaring something holy. He put this treasure in an earthen vessel to make you and I holy. Holy unto him. Reserved for his purpose. It's the action or process of being freed from sin or purified. When he put the Holy Ghost in you, it's the hope of glory. It's that life-changing agent that separates us from the world. It separates us from the influences of the world. And it's calling us today to a deeper growth in our relationship with him. The theme of the whole text is change. So I ask you today, we're breaking free from limitation. Are you more different now than when you first got in this? Are you more different, Sister Ashley? Oh, yeah. What about you, Brother Sparks? Are you more different now? Brother Chris, are you a little different? The Bible says we are a new creature. Brother Guzman, we are called to become a new creature in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. So it behooves us. There is a win of childhood. And there is a win of adulthood. But too many people are trapped in a protracted Or a prolonged childhood. And you can't break out of it. It, it, It's kind of like, well, I'm going to behave myself today. God's calling us into for the maturity. For the relationship. I'm trying to pull the, I'm trying to be like an eagle and pull those feathers, pull those branches out of that nest. Get get, Get out of the house, Peyton. Get out of the house. I want to stay a child. I don't want to grow up. Sometimes we get, sometimes we get like that spiritually. Come on, pastor, give me my pacifier. Give me my weekly pass. Uh, give me my, give me my milk and my bottle. Let me burp, burp, go and burp me before I leave. Maybe you've been born again and gotten into the kingdom, but you seem trapped. I can't. I just. I want to do more, but I, you hadn't caught your second wind. Hell has tried to put a limitation on you and extend that childhood mentality. But today, God's calling you to a place in him where you're moving into adulthood. You're moving into a place that I can become what he says I can become. One writer said, I am who I am because the I am says who I am. Not what you may say, not what mom and daddy may say, but what does the I am say about who I am? 
You've got to somehow move beyond the first win and catch your second win. And we cannot be like many, settle for the mediocre. I can't say, I, I, mediocre is just not part of my vocabulary. I just don't understand it. God's calling us to excellence. God's calling us to excellence. Why? Because there's a lost and a dying world that's looking for something different. And if we're just like everybody else, if we're just mediocre, if we're just coming do the checklist and we'll go out and we'll do it again next Sunday, the second wind moves you to what God wants to do in you. The enemy would love to convince you that you will never get past your past. I've said this so many times, but I want to help somebody maybe for the first time. You can't change the past, but you don't have to remain there. You can't cry over spilt milk if you still got the cow. Get the bucket and let's go. She's going to produce more milk. You can't cry over spilt milk. Where does God have you now? What is God doing now in your life? What is God presented in your path now? Let's get busy. I can't remain. I can't dwell. What could have? What could, should have? Oh, I wish. No, 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 no. Where are we now? What are we doing with the now hour? The now time. There's nothing Satan likes better than to get a believer on a guilt trip. I feel guilty about my past. I feel guilty about this. And I stay in a total perpetual state of guilt and condemnation. And hell limits you. Hell puts a ceiling over you. And you can't break through it. You can't break out of it. I've come to help somebody in the Holy Ghost. You can't change the mistakes or the failures of your past. What you can do is close the book on your past and know that God has a second win for you. You don't have to live bound in the prison of whatever happened. If Satan, help me right now, Holy Ghost. If Satan is keeping reminding, is, is reminding you of your past, you want to know why? If Satan every day reminds you of your past, it's because he's run out of new material. I said he's run out of new material. All he can do is go back to your past. But you're a new creature in Christ. You've been born again of the water and the spirit. So if Satan is trying to put a limit on you, he's trying to put a ceiling on you. The devil is a lie. You can't talk about old material. My God, you cannot talk about old material, devil. One of the most amazing, when I read that, when I studied this and I began to see, if Satan keeps reminding you of your past, it's because he's running out of new material. One of the most successful tactics demons use in neutralizing Holy Ghost-filled individuals is getting them to dwell on their failures. Once they begin feeling guilty about their performance, they no longer are a threat to Satan. They are no longer a threat to the kingdom of this world. If I can just neutralize you, if I can get you to thinking about all that you did, 
If I can just think about all of your failures and your performance and how you didn't do this and you should have done that. You know what you do? You neutralize yourself and you're no longer waging war against the principalities of hell. One of Satan's greatest ploys is to blind us to the cross. I wish I had a big old cross up here, Brother Dallas. We had one of them one day. I want to say something long and loud and clear. What the scripture says in Colossians 1.22. He has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death. In order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. That's the KJV, what is up there on the screen. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. In Isaiah 43, 25, he says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my, for my own sake. I think we need to we need to conclude this scripture because we, we oftentimes get trapped up right here, and this is a limit he puts on us. And will not remember thy sins. Somebody ought to get a shout in their spirit right now. God can't even remember your sins. So stop trying to remind him of what he's already forgotten. Come on, Brother Hopkins. If he's forgot it, why don't we keep throwing it up to the master that's already forgave, who's already forgave. I just wonder if God looks down and says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know why you're struggling. I don't even know why you're letting the devil put a limit on you because of what you did years ago. I don't even remember. Come on. We're reminding God, Brother Dodd, of things he's already forgotten. God can't even remember the sin you're struggling with. God can't even remember... We have to bring that up before him. Satan does not want you to remember that God did away with your sin at the cross. It's time we get a bold agreement about us. And we agree with God and see yourselves as he sees us. No reproach. Matter of fact, beyond reproach. He presents us before himself holy, blameless, and beyond reproach, if we can agree with that one scripture, you talk about victory. You talk about walking in dominion. Colossians 2 and 14, every time I read it, it says, having canceled out the certificate of death. Put that on the screen. I'm reading it in the New American Standard. You read it in the King James. Having canceled out the certificate of debt, there was a debt. There was a sin debt. There was the penalty of death because of sin. Consisting of decrees against us. Which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way. Nailing it to 
his cross. Not my cross, but his cross. So in other words, whenever a person was convicted in the Roman court, a certificate of debt would be prepared. It was a list of every crime the person was accused of committing. It would then be taken to the prisoner to wherever he would be in prison. And it would be nailed to the door of the cell. Every time that prisoner would rise every morning, he would see that writ, that written conviction. This is what you've done. This is how long you've got to serve the the penalty for your crime. And every single day, he would see this. But oh, what an illustration Paul gives us to show us how God dealt with our sins. According to the Roman law, when a person was put in prison, that certificate was nailed on the door. And it would remain there until the sentence was carried out. I'm going to try to behave myself, but y'all go. Then they would take the certificate off the door. They would read over all the requirements you were to serve. 365 days. You were supposed, you, you had to serve this length of time. This is all you've done. And when they had completed the sentence, when they had completed the time to serve the consequence, they would write and take that certificate and write across it the word meaning, it is finished. They would roll that that, that record up and give it to the prisoner and he could never, somebody say never. never. He could never be punished for the crimes again. Just before Jesus took his last breath, as he bowed his head, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I believe Jesus Christ gave the victory cry and he said, it is finished. The Greek word for this is teleo, which means paid in full. What we must understand on this Sunday as we break through the limitations that Jesus Christ took our certificate of debt and wrote across it with his own blood. It is finished. It is paid in full, sir. It is paid in full, ma'am. We can never be tried for our sins again after we receive his pardon. That's why Colossians 2.14 says he has taken away our certificate of debt, having nailed it to the cross. Your debt was nailed to the cross. That's why he died on the cross. He took care of our sin problem forever on his cross. But here we are living limited lives. We can't serve God to our fullest because we're still holding something in our hand that says we're guilty. We're to blame. We did this. We sinned. We fell short of the glory of God. But sir, but ma'am, didn't you ask God to forgive you for that? I did, but everything you've done once you've asked God to forgive you, it's been nailed to the cross over the bill, over the decree, over the certificate of death, that penalty of sin, which is death. He's already took to the cross. 
He took care of the sin problem forever. You don't have to die for your sins. He did it for us. Now God wants us to serve him out of... He wants us to serve him out of desire, not duty. Why? Why do I serve? I get to do this, Brother Kuhorn, because I want to do this. It's out of desire. Well, I got to do this. He died on the cross for me. It's what I'm supposed to do. And Oh, you're living beneath the privilege of the cross. You're living, the, you're living beneath the privilege of the price he paid. No, I don't have to do this. I choose to do this because he loved me so much that he nailed my sins. He put that certificate on the cross and my debt was paid. Hebrews 9 and 14. How much more? Shall the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve, to serve, to serve, to serve the living God? Musicians, come. How do I break the limit? How do I take, how do I take the limits? How do I let the past go? How, do I, how, do I, how am I free to start walking in victory? you got to let the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience from the guilt of sin. Why are you guilty? Why, are you, why do you feel guilty about something that he's already forgiven if you've asked him to forgive you? We're walking around with guilt and condemnation and we're not walking in the authority of the blood. If I can remove the limit, remove the pressure, remove the stress off of my life and understand... I've got the blood on my side. Devil, get thee behind me. I've got the blood on my... It's cleansed me. Uh, and today, it's going to clear my conscience uh, from the guilt of sin. Uh, then, and only then, Brother Jones, do I start walking in new authority. I can walk in those doors, and I can lift my head. Brother Seeger, I can walk in here with my head lifted high. Sister Malin, I can walk in here with my head. I've just got to start walking in new authority. See, we walk around intimidated, halfway scared. Well, what if I fail? Well, no, 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 no. It's time to flip the script on hell and start saying, you know what? I am who I am by the blood of Christ. I've got authority over you, devil. Get thee behind me. I refuse to live one more day under the guilt and shame of what happened to me or what I've been through or my past. It's already been reconciled to him. Too many have been in the church for years and are still in the childhood stage. This is not natural. I found this illustration, and it was so fitting in my closing. The prophet Samuel, the promised gift of God to Hannah. Hannah, every year, every year, his mother prayed for a child. And when that baby was given to her, she promised to dedicate him to the Lord. She took Samuel as a child to live in the temple and to learn to hear the voice of God and minister unto him. 
But hear this one point. It, it, it can be life-changing for you. Every year she made a pilgrimage back to the temple. Every year, Brother Jeff, she had walked to that temple. And every year she had a new coat. <laughs> every year, Brother Tanner, she had walked into that temple. Hey, son, it's so good. This, my Lord, you have grown. My Lord, you, it, you've grown a foot this year. Oh. I don't read where she called. I don't read where she called the house of God and say, well, how big has he grown? What, what size is he this year? But every year, she took a change of clothes. She'd go into that temple. She'd see the gift that God gave her that she gave back to him. She would bring a new coat. She did that because every year he grew. He started in childhood, but he grew. He grew in faith. He grew in anointing. He grew in discernment. I don't mean to be very harsh, and I'm, I'm being as gentle and kind. Please understand my spirit today. You are not supposed to stay in the temple and never grow. Every year there ought to be a promotion. Every year there ought to... Oh, God. I've got a bigger spiritual code. I've got a, a bigger spiritual mantle. I've got a bigger spiritual responsibility. I, I, I'm further now than I was a year ago. I, I'm praying more than I was. I, I'm reading my Bible more. I'm reading leadership books and spiritual books. And I, 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 I'm watching more and hearing more sermons and messages. I'm challenging myself to teach home Bible studies. I'm challenging myself to learn and maybe go to school, maybe go to Bible school, maybe to enroll in some theology program where you sharpen and grow that spiritual man. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to burst, burst a, a bubble, but maybe it needs to be. You're not supposed to go to church and never grow. From time to time, you need a larger garment. Why? Because you're growing. Why? Because you're growing. Growing in vision, growing in faith, growing in anointing and in discernment. You need to grow in understanding of what God wants for your life. You do not have to stay in your childhood. You don't have to stay some of you are probably sitting there thinking, my God, I have, been the, I have been in the same crazy rut for X amount of years. Well, God sent you here today to break out of that limitation. God has a bigger garment for you. God's people should not be limited to what happened in their past. He has something greater for your life than what has happened in your past. You must always remember Samuel grew in the temple and growth requires change. 
Well, I love growth, but I don't want to change. You can't have both. You can remain the same, but you can't grow. But you can't grow and remain the same. You just can't do it. As you stand to your feet, the definition of insanity is lived in more lives than we try or choose to admit. For insanity says, I will continue to do the same things I've always done and get a different result. It just doesn't happen. To change the equation, one plus one will always be not three. I don't care what common core math may try to tell you. One plus one is two plus two. Is that right? Am I still doing good? Three plus three is four plus four is eight. Okay. If I want the outcome to change, if I want to get to five, two plus two will never get to five. Never. If I want my life to change, the equation's got to change. If I want to break free from the limitations off of my life, I can't keep doing the same things I've always done and think it's going to produce a life that I want to live. No, it's never going to work. But what you're getting ready to do is step out of your seat, and that's the first step to victory. When you step out of your seat, you change the equation. When you step out of your seat, it's a step toward action. When you make a move toward this front, you're breaking free from the the thoughts. I'm unworthy. I'll never measure up. I'll never become like them. I could never live like that. What you're doing is you're saying, you know what? I'm changing the equation. Yes, I can. Yes, I can live righteously. Yes, I can be holy. Yes, I can be happy. Yes, I can be fulfilled. Yes, I can be used by God. God's calling you to a second win. Maybe you've never repented of your sins. Maybe you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. We have the water ready. We have a robe. We have a towel. He can baptize you in the name. You can have your first win today. A new creature in Christ. But if you've been in this and been around this a long time, you need to have a second win. You need to say, I'm not going to let my witness be silenced any longer. I'm not going to be bound by what happened to me years ago. Uh, Maybe you hadn't won a soul in years, but you're about to win a soul. You're about to teach a Bible study. Maybe your relationship with God has grown cold or lukewarm. This altar is for you today to get your second win. I can do this. I can become this. I am the righteousness of Christ. It's time to grow up and mature up. It's time to mature up. It's time to grow up. As you lift your hands all over this room, they're going to begin to sing. They're going to begin to play.
Yes! See it in the name of Jesus.
There's freedom. God's not finished here yet. God's not finished right here. I want you to take somebody, connect with somebody around you. Connect with somebody around you right now. All minds on him right now. All minds on God. Begin to sing that softly.
to me right now. I want you to listen to me. I don't have a piece of paper to give every one of you, but I want you to use your hands as a symbol and act like you are, act like you're holding a piece of paper. You're looking at the handwritten ordinance that was against you. You were looking at all that you had done. For some of us, it wouldn't fit in an eight by 10 piece of paper. For some of us, it needs to be about a poster board width. But if you can look at the handwritten of ordinances that was against you, and you know what was written, you know the penalty of your sin, you know what should have happened, but it didn't happen. But a man went to a hill called Calvary. A, a man took the handwritten ordinances that was against you. And with his own blood, he said, it is finished. What you see today is crimson blood. What you see is not what you did, but you see what he did with his own blood. It says, it is finished. What I want you to do before we walk out of these doors is worship Him like you read it for the very first time. It is finished. Everything I had done, everything I had committed, the sins He forgave me of, I've washed, I've forgiven, I've been set free. Worship Him. Worship Him. Break every chain.